You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. In the name of God, the gracious, the merciful, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome to the Drive Time Show here at Voice of Islam once again, where we bring you two important topics as always. We do discuss uh, now and then. Uh, we, do, we do a special two-hour show, but uh, more often than not, we do two what two hours, yeah. um, you know, split between two topics. So, Fahim, I've got uh, my brother here, Fah- Fahim, uh, who will be my co-presenter today, yeah. as always. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe, if you can uh, introduce the topics for us today. Yeah, sure. It's a beautiful sunny day here yes. in South London. Um, so yeah, um, today we're discussing really important topics, right? right? One that's very relevant because it's happening today, mm-hmm. which is uh, teachers shortages and strikes. You know, we're going to look at some of the key causes of reduced uptake in the teaching profession, profession mm-hmm. including the underappreciation, increased workload, and issues with pay. We're going to get right into that um, mm-hmm. in the first hour, and then in the second hour, we're going to be discussing diversity, rainbow neighborhoods. Um, where we're going to look at ethnic segregation in the UK, benefits of a multicultural society, mm-hmm. and Islam's teachings on diversity. So that's Perfect. what we've got planned for today. Interesting. And you know, speaking of um, talking about you know teachers and you know shortages and strikes, of course, um, we're going to be delving into that topic you know a little more. But you know, talking about first beginning with the Islam's point of view, you know, basically the great importance that Islam places on. Mm. Attaining knowledge. I think we need to say something on that, isn't it? Definitely. Um, and, you know, we know that within Islam, there's so much uh, teachers, especially, are held in high regard uh, in Islam. Um, they, are, they, are, they are as equal to your parents. And, and, mm. and, and at sometimes, you know, you're, you're, you're told to respect them even more, right? You've got yeah. a hadith of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, where he says, um, seeking knowledge is a duty that is imposed upon every male and female Muslim. Mm. Um, and uh, this tells you that, you know, from the time of the Holy Prophet being upon him in the society that he came where there was no such emphasis on, you know, uh, at, you know attaining knowledge. And this is not the only hadith. We've got uh, other narrations. Uh, hadith, of course, refers to uh, different nar- narrations of the Prophet where he he go, he says that if you should attain knowledge, even if, to, if you have to travel as far as China. Yeah. Right. Pointing out that even if you have to travel around the world. And if you look at Islamic history, um, you know, the amount of effort that people made in order to attain knowledge, you know, the golden age of Islam, even before that, if, if, if we're speaking about just the narrations of the Prophet themselves, how they reached us, hmm. there is a pro- proper science in place, right? Yeah. Where uh, an individual would, would uh, you know, Imam Bukhari, you know, one, one, one of the most authentic books yeah. after the Holy Quran is Sahih Bukhari, one of the first um, book, of hadith, book, yeah. book, book of Hadith in the narrations of the Prophet. And he's traveled vastly, you know, through lands, uh, you know, meeting different people and, and, and trying, to, trying to acquire. And, and, and he had different, let's say, you know, uh, criterion in, in place in order to accept yeah. this these narrations and that didn't just relate to one's uh, memory 
but one's character even. How's this person's yeah. character? That I, because I'm taking this person, uh, you know, from this person, a very, very important saying, which is going to be used for the, you know, f- till the end of times. Well, we're you know, benefiting for the, it from, exactly. from today, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, 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 so that is the importance that, that Islam, you know, places in terms of education. There's a specific um, um, prayer in the Holy Quran as well. And something that we teach our children from a very young age, Rabbi Zidni Ilma, yeah. oh Allah, increase us in, mm-hmm. in knowledge. And this, this, I mean, if you want to add something to it. About yeah, I was, I was going to give a personal experience. So okay, for me, um, I've always, uh, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, you know, when I was younger, I, I was like, I would complain about my teacher, right? I'd be like, yeah. My teacher doesn't like me or, mm-hmm. you know, this teacher has it in for me or whatever it is, or I don't like the way this teacher mm-hmm. teaches or whatever. And I remember coming back and whenever I said that to my parents, they was like, yeah, but they're your teacher, and you mm-hmm. need to respect them like you'd respect us. And yeah, like so. Since then, I never understood it as a kid, um, because yeah. I was like, oh man, like no one listens to me. You know how you are as a child. You think that the whole world is against you. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I I, I came to realize and appreciate that um, as I went on and understood that. You know, I think of like even the mentors that I've had in in yep. the business world. You know. Uh, in the community yeah. that have guided me and helped me and you know really I, I realize now how much of that knowledge that I soaked up and how mm. I'm still applying it to my daily life and now imparting it to the next generation through my son wonderful and and you know this this takes me back to my time because uh, my early ed- education was in Pakistan so mm. I remember so I can actually I've experienced you know two two different types of ed- education. education in a way where you know, it, it, in in Pakistan, you know, you can you, you can imagine there's the, the teachers are a lot more strict mm-hmm. to an extent that they may even hit you, yep. right? Um, although that is not, you know, allowed in Islam. Let's let's be very honest. Mm-hmm. But to discipline the children, um, you know, they would go to that extent, and uh, although they were able to discipline children, uh, that children won't talk back or uh, they won't be rude and stuff like that. But here, coming you know, coming in this country, experiencing, you know. Uh, school you know uh real made me realize that i didn't know which which one was right because here it was totally the opposite mm. it was the other side of the pendulum it, it was you know t- you know p- uh, k- children being very very rude and you know yeah. e- to the extent that they're swearing at teachers and and so 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 that made me realize that how easy these people have it mm. you know because they don't have to pay for it yeah right this uh, this education for them is free uh and um so I think the importance of of education, and I think it, it really comes from your your own household, as you were speaking about how you're going to pass. And education is not just schooling. Yeah. I think we need to we need, we need to understand that yeah. it begins from home. How how, how parents actually instill that in children. Mm. You know, the the approach to education is education in itself. What approach you have towards you know your attitude towards ed- education. I think all these manner mannerisms that that that, that you have in place before you enter school. Is also a big part of the education, yeah. and I think so. I think that element. I think we can discuss more, and that is why that that could be one of the reasons. You know, we can speak about pay and all these things, yeah. but if teachers, because if you think about it, right, how much time they spend. So some of these teachers leave very very late, yeah. and then they're in very early mornings, and they're getting disrespected, and they're getting disrespected yeah. in in schools, and and also on top of that, the pay is not good. You mm. know. Uh, the co- you know, long hours, unappreciated. Exactly. They're unappreciated, really unappreciated. Really. Let's be honest. So, so that goes through because I, I, I was seeing recently there's there's a lot of, I don't know if you've seen um, increase in uh, uh, online ad, ad, advertisement advertisement of of, of you know uh, 
becoming school teachers, right? From, oh, yeah. Especially from the government. I, I see I see often. Well, they've missed their targets. Okay. They've, they've missed their targets for the last um, yeah. nine out of ten years. So mm-hmm. that's, that's why there's this massive push. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like... I just <clears throat> there's no incentive if you think yeah. about it right like you know ultimately especially with the cost of living you know you want to make sure that you provide for your family um, and can live uh, you know comfortably mm. it doesn't seem that the the that a teacher salary is, is enabling people to do that in in the best of way mm-hmm. and especially given how valuable they are they are teaching our future leaders they are inspiring our future doctors uh, everybody who is going to make the, no the impact that these children will make on society will be because of the teaching they received. No doubt. And if, if, if that's not, if they're not being supported, then, you know, we're just failing our future. And isn't it the um, second caliph of the, um, the Ahmadiyya Muslim uh, community that says, you know, um, a nation cannot be reformed without first reforming its youth, right? Mm-hmm. So making sure that the, the future is protected and that, um, that it's it's a massive part of uh, of a correct functioning society. No doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, speaking of statistics, and you know, you mentioned this. Uh, there's new figures from the Department of Education which shows that just under twenty nine thousand graduates have signed up for initial teacher training this year, as uptake of enrollment plummets by twenty percent compared to last year. Wow! So that tells you, you know, that that people are really not interested. Um, mm. You know, uh, and uh, that really goes to show because that's going to have an impact. And, you know, that whole push for, you know, now, you know, uh, parents now deciding which school to choose and which not to choose. Mm. Right. There's there's all these grading systems and all of these things that are, that are there. But I think on a, as, as a whole, the government needs to do much more because that is the basis of your everything, your mm. economy, your, you know, everything that you, you, you think that is needed for a country to prosper would come from education what would come from these children mm. and especially nowadays right um speaking of social media we always bring social social media into things of course there are benefits and stuff like that you know you i i take these you know classes with younger children and and you know you sit with them and you, you really want to know what they want to become and you ask mm. these, and in a lot of them although there's nothing wrong with what they want to choose let's say they want to become a vlogger mm. or they want to become a youtuber yep. all of these things because these things are in front of them. They're yeah. seeing examples in front of them how people have quickly succeeded in making money, right? Yeah. Right, and and that is their basic, you know, base basically their goal. And then you have other other people telling children online that you don't need to attend universities and you know college and all of these things. Although that is another debate whether that is benef- beneficial or not, because the argument is that if you are going to become a doctor or an engineer then you should go into university and stuff like that but if you want to do business and stuff like that you just you should just you know do other such as courses with you know with with companies that provide these courses and, and yeah. get experience you know in work so there's all of these aspects you know all these different things that are there um that the people need to navigate you know, especially children you know um or, or teenagers right mm. um that uh, i mean when we were teenagers we didn't know what we wanted to be right <laughs> Majority no. of us would have been like footballer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, definitely. Um, and and you know it takes a lot to to be inspired by your teachers. I, I know one of my teachers, um, who I really um, enjoyed learning from, uh, inspired my, me taking a history history degree. So mm-hmm. I know that that's that's they definitely have an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know like initial teacher training recruitment is, is far worse than actually secondary schools where they only reached 59% of the department of for education's target mm-hmm. which is significantly less than the 79% reached in the previous year mm-hmm. you know as a result of difficulties <coughs> pushing graduates away from the teaching professions mm-hmm. adding further strain on schools uh, we have already seen teacher strikes across the country um not only last month and we've had it yesterday and actually today as well yeah uh with more planned later this month so you know this is this you know what do you think because this isn't this teaching crisis didn't occur over overnight mm-hmm. um and there's many reasons why fewer people are training for the profession but i think let's hear from an actual teacher that can you know shed some light on that right absolutely yes we do have on the line our first uh, guest we have farhana khan who is a secondary school teacher uh, assalamu alaikum may peace and blessings of god be upon you and welcome to the drive time show welcome thank you thank you so much for joining us uh, we're speaking about strikes and and more importantly uh, you know the status of uh, teachers the rights of teachers in 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 islam so we just wanted to get your your opinion about beginning firstly with what is your opinion you know on 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 teachers striking do you agree with it or do you disagree yeah i mean i definitely agree with the whole strike situation um teachers work so hard um we work hard during school times and out of school time in the holidays on the weekends um and during covid we were working from home and doing school from online so i think especially with the economical crisis going on teachers are not getting enough to be able to um live financially and even pay for rent i know some of my colleagues are struggling to pay rent mm-hmm. um so i think there definitely needs to be an increase in pay interesting and uh i mean on a day to day basis you know speaking to your colleagues as you, as you know as you were just saying you know speaking about talking about them um and and of course from your own experience as well what's the impact you know of the workload for teachers um well essentially teachers don't really have a life um it's everything is always about school you know we're staying late mm-hmm. 6 7 o'clock planning lessons yeah and then we have meetings um so many meetings all the time yep. training that we always need to get updated on mm-hmm. that goes on after the children have gone home yeah um So and not only that on the weekends and everything. Yeah, just just before, you know, I I I actually welcoming you. We were we were discussing you know how much effort, you know, teachers actually put in. Uh, we wanted to ask you because, you know, from my experience being in a secondary school, it's been it's been some time now. Is it has it you know the 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 behavior of children towards the teachers has it changed or do you still, you know, as a whole experience you know uh, bad behavior from students of course you 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 are going to say you know they're good and bad students but generally <laughs> yeah. you know overall bec- why i'm saying that because there's so much emphasis in islam especially um, you know with regards yeah. to respecting teachers and 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 how you know what their rights are right so yeah. what what would you say on that um yeah i mean i think it varies school to school you know like mm-hmm. the school policies and how they work um but on the whole there's we've noticed the fact that school I am there's a whole culture of parents actually against the teachers um and it's and it's always why is my child getting in trouble instead of um mm. instead of where I thought I was at school if my mum got a phone call home yeah. I would be in trouble makes sense they wouldn't believe my word they wouldn't take my word and be like no the teacher's wrong mm. you know so that is what's actually coming to light now 
Um, whereas we would get so many emails, phone calls, asking about why my child got a detention mm. or why you kept them behind and stuff like that. Definitely. I, I had a similar experience uh, when I was at school. Um, so let's, let's talk about something a bit more uh, lighthearted. What, what, what inspired you to get into teaching and how can we increase people getting into teaching? Um, I mean, personally, my school journey, um, how I really enjoyed school. Um, I enjoyed learning and I wanted to create that same environment for the students in my class. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we can make it better. Um, obviously, if we get if the pay increases, maybe more people will be willing to come into the profession. Mm-hmm. But also, there needs to be a reducing workload, which can only happen if there is more staff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, especially with regards to how. Uh, you know, especially hearing that from you about, you know, how, of, although parents have every right to, you know, to ask why their their, their child has got attention. Yeah, and and, yeah. and it may be, the, and because the thing is, as you know, matter of fact, it's all of those schools that are really succeeding is the one yeah. that, that have zero tolerance on being late, exactly. on, on, yeah. on respect to us teachers and all of these things. And I know mm-hmm. where I live in, in the area, who which of these schools are. Mm. And yeah. and a lot of the parents that I speak to, they say, look, there's zero tolerance. It, they, and, and, and even in detention, so let's say it was a one-hour detention, the person left after 30 minutes, he has to complete the other 30 minutes. So there are schools like that, mm. right? Yeah. And that goes to show because kids have ha- kids think they have it so easy, mm. right? And that's yeah. the thing I was I was uh, trying to still, but 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 that's the that's the struggle here. Um, how yeah. do you you know from your from your so when you're speaking to parents, what do you tell them? You know when 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 you're having these discussions, mm. uh, you know with, with 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 parents with with regards to detention or especially you know asking them, look, we also need respect. You know, we need to be mm. shown appreciation. All these things. How does a teacher actually get that across? Yeah, that's a really difficult one because often it's whatever I've said on the phone, their child has said otherwise, and what their child said is true. And sometimes we were actually talking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. How we wish to get CCTV and just show them how their children act in school, just so they could see what we see. Mm-hmm. Um, because what the child goes into the parent is not what's happened at school, and you have to try. I mean, there's some difficult parents where you can never get that message across. Yeah. But then you do get those that over time, when there's many teachers calling, they kind of get the hint, mm-hmm. and that takes time. Makes sense. And lastly, um, how could you know the the profession of teaching uh, as a whole be, could be improved or you know you can encourage it could be encouraged that more people actually join because I'm not becoming a teacher I tell you that if if, if that is the case and I'm <laughs> I've just passed my you know university degree and stuff like that if, if that if that's what you're hearing yeah. at the end of the day why why should why should one become a teacher hmm. yeah I mean at the end of the day even though I've had six terrible lessons in the day one of them will be great where, you know, at, at the end of the lesson, these kids will walk out of the room saying, thank you, miss, I learned mm. something today. Or And then you hear about their dreams and their aspirations. Yeah. And I think that just motivates you. I mean, you don't get into teaching for the money because mm. that's the wrong way to go. Mm. It has to be because you care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, all the best uh, with your future endeavours. Thank you so much Thanks. for jo- jo- joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0208-687-7878 is the number to call. It's your program. I mean, call us and, and tell us how we can improve, you know, te- you know, teaching as a whole in the school. And if you're a parent and you th- you disagree with the points that we made with regards to respecting teachers and uh, there should be zero tolerance on, on, you know, on being rude, you know, towards teachers, yeah. uh, then do call us in and, and tell, tell, tell us why you think that. Yeah. And if, if you're too scared to call in, then just tweet us. You know, at Voice of Islam UK, mm-hmm. feel free to let us know any experiences that you've had that could add to our conversation. Of course, I mean, uh, I, I do want to take this this, this, this conversation forward. Um, you know, speaking about you know respect for teachers and, mm. and and because from we know that teaching is 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 not it's not always been about you know going you know a certain time you know in your classrooms and you know sitting in front of the screen and all those things. We know from our history of Islam that, that the greatest of scholars were those who were just in the company mentors, right? Yeah. So they were company of the Prophet. And then those that were with the Prophets, you know, they were companions, right? right? Sahaba, mm-hmm. right? And then those that came after them, you know, they're like, oh, th- this man was with the Prophet and he's learned from him. Mm-hmm. So they, they would automatically have that respect for that in, in individual. Yeah. And then it passed on and on and on and on and on. Well, one of the fundamentals was, uh, you know, and, and there's a saying of the Prophet Messiah, peace be upon him, is, 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 is in a Persian language. It says, uh, which, 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 which means that if a person does not, uh, you know, bear in mind the status of an individual or giving person due respect, yeah. then he, was, he would always live a miserable life. Yeah. So re- respect is the first step, right? You have to, uh, you know, um, and the, the teachers, in, you, know, you know, we studied in this religious institute of Jamia after GCSEs, yeah. seven years. One of the things that they would instill in us is, is, is respect, you know, towards your teachers. That is very, very important because at the end of the day, it's give and take. There will come a time when, when let's, you know, because there, there is always going to, because you're going to have children, you, you're going to be teaching them. Mm. And you're not going. You're not going to like your children. You know. Uh, you know, being rude to you, right? Now, there's a difference between questioning, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, and, and and Islam encourages that. And yeah. his His Holiness recently in, in in one of these audiences that, that he has with with numerous Ahmadi children, mm. uh, he he was asked this question, and 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 he said you should encourage children to ask questions. Yeah. You know, you should shouldn't stop them from asking questions. That's a totally different thing. We're not saying that's that. how you learn exactly. Yeah. So you should you should ask questions. Why is you know mm. why is this why and that mm. that that's all good, but you know being rude and you know um, you know making gestures and all of these things. You know we've experienced it. We yeah. we were part of that. And guess what? What I have seen from my experience is that if let's say I've seen that in a class where there were certain students that were respectful towards teachers or had mm. not fair but you know, a reluctancy to behave in a certain manner. Mm. When they saw other children doing it and getting away with it, that's what it's all. I, yeah. I, I can do it as well, yeah. right? And that because it, because there was no consequence of that, right? So I think this is where it is, where, where you know everything comes down to. You know, we can speak for another. You know, we go another half an hour to speak about this topic, but I think that's the crux of the matter. Yeah. That teachers need to be need to be given respect. Schools need to have zero tolerance towards bullying and towards, you know, all of these things so that these children know from very young age that there are consequences in life, yeah. right? Whatever you do has a consequence. If you, if you, if, you know, if you, if, you, if you demand respect, then you also have to respect others. Yeah, definitely. And I just think that um, teachers, 
if you put yourself in a position where you're underpaid and you're overworked because there's no staff, no people are joining, so there's no like change of ideas even at times. Like if you're in that situation, aren't you going to be a lot less patient? Mm-hmm. Right. The reason why like private schools and um, like succeed is because they have a different teacher to student ratio. Um, and I think that that's where, you know, that they're being underworked, um, overworked um, and, you know, underappreciated mm-hmm. financially as well. Because, like, you know, if you, if you I think the being paid well would help, you know, that with that burden and it will also attract more people. Yeah. So, uh, you'll get a better quality of education and you know because like, one of the things i i, I really liked was when uh, you know previous guests said that you know you don't get into teaching thinking about pay yeah i think that's that's very fundamental to this yeah. and i think this is what the the people in authority need to realize that that, that teachers you know uh, you know going into this field they're not thinking of pay that's not the first thing on yeah. on, on on their mind but but through your policies they've come to a situation where they have to think about that. Yeah. Because they can't it's impacting ha- their lives exactly. now, isn't it? It's not like they're asking to be paid the same as a footballer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, enough so that they can, uh, you know, be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, that's where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, we need to wake <clears> up and, and kind of help them out. Of course. And, you know, talking about, you know, let's come to the crisis of, of you know, the, the, you know, the teaching crisis. It did not, you know, occur overnight. Mm. You know, that, let's be very honest. There's been many reasons where why fewer you know people are training for the profession, and why existing teachers are frequently holding you know strike actions. Mm. The general secretary of uh, the Association of School and College Leaders, uh, I think, is Geoff Barton. If I'm mm-hmm. pronouncing the name correct, he basically Jeff? said yeah. Jeff Barton. Apologies. Uh, you know, he 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 basically said that you know a key cause of this crisis is a long-term erosion of teachers' pay, which has fallen in real terms by a fifth since 2010, making it uncompetitive in the graduate marketplace. Hmm. Um, he added that government underfunding of schools has led to a rise in workload, making, making the profession even less attractive. Many teachers end up working before and after school, you know, yeah. uh, this was this was ten years ago, right? When I left mm. school, um, and and even need you know weekends and school holidays to catch up on marking and lesson planning. So just just in January, teachers across the UK, part of the National Education Union (NEU), overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, yeah, overwhelmingly, apologies, voted to um, you know implement strike action. Right, and 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 it was basically basically to address issues with the, uh, you know, profession. Uh, you know, ninety point four four percent, right, of of teachers uh, and eighty four percent of support staff in England v- actually voted in in favour of strikes, yeah. with ninety two point two eight percent of Welsh teachers and eighty eight percent of Welsh support staff also voting the same, same yeah. so that sh- that basically uh, shows us you know th- that that there is basically a consensus there in that they felt that they all need to raise their voices uh, and 96 percent of voters in the education institute of scotland supported the action as well yeah so that goes to show you you know where it's consistency across where, the uk exactly it? yeah and you know in the in the weeks since announcing strikes the edu uh, saw 22,000 new sign-ups in memberships, a surge on the existing 450,000 plus members. And, you know, the main reason 
so many teachers are choosing to strike now is because of the real terms uh, pay cut staff have faced since austerity in 2010. While an average teacher pay is rising by 5% this year, the current rate of inflation sits at 10.5%, meaning this rise won't even cover inflation, let alone action, an actual real pay increase. So, you know, you have it there. I think that this is a consistency across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had an increase in inflation. Yep. Um, you know, you can't expect people to, you know, be okay on the same salary if everything that they buy and use that salary for is increasing yep. right and, and the increase that you're giving <clears throat> them is not even what just half of what they they increase in inflation mm-hmm. um and yeah just it's gonna the sad thing is is that it's going to continue to do decrease if we don't do anything about it it's going to continue to decrease the amount of teachers taking up the profession mm. those leaving that those those good teachers those valuable teachers that we have will probably get fed up and a lot leave. of teachers i think going into private i think there's some yeah uh, i came well, across just some like, websites online that they're they're basically tutoring online and yeah because making a lot more so many thing. transferable skills right they yeah. can get into any sort of uh corporate uh like role as well they just need to you know get some more experience and i think that you know you're going to see our future generations really be impacted by it mm-hmm. because i'm sure that you know the, the the teaching quality will go down because the experienced teachers may be leaving and you know there won't be enough to cover and we're going to see the impact on society as a whole and that's why islam's teachings of respecting your teacher and making them feel ra- valued mm-hmm. i think think about it if you were if you went to a classroom and you really realized uh, like our guest said you know they don't get it in for the for the money but so then if they're being expi- in, at least islam can help with the, with the inspi- like feeling like they've inspired the future generation if the Absolutely. children start to give respect to those teachers yeah i mean that's that you know that's exactly the point where you know the biggest problem that we have you know it appears to be that the respect for teachers in our society and you know providing them with a justifiable wage for all the work they actually do you know it, 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 i think it's the crux of the matter uh, islam not only you know greatly respects those who impart knowledge on others uh, you know, it also rallies for a just and fair society, mm. and and we you know we mentioned uh, before as well the narrations of the prophet. There's one where he says, when a man dies, his deeds come to an end, except for three things: sadaqa, jariya, which is ceaseless charity, a mm. knowledge which is beneficial, or a virtuous descendant who prays for him. You know, actually for the deceased, and so this hadith, you know, this narration highlights the importance given to sharing good knowledge, mm. uh, because. It it never diminishes. It always carries on. It's you know it's it's sustainable in in a way, you know with 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 other people and how it is some you know something which is also liked by Allah the Almighty. Um, we're going to add more to the Islamic understanding and and the respect for teachers, but we do have on the line our next guest. We have Michael Henman, who is a secondary school science teacher. Assalamualaikum, a peace and blessings of God be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Uh, hello. Hello, thank you so much for joining us. So we're speaking about uh, teacher strikes, um, uh, and of course, uh, more more importantly, the respect that sh- teachers actually deserve. Um, can you, you know, beginning this uh, to start this interview off, uh, can you please tell us about your work and what you teach and your experience? 
Uh, yeah, so um, I'm uh, actually a first year uh, ECT, which is the term early career teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just uh, fully qualified last year. Okay. Um, and I'm a science teacher, physics teacher specifically, um, okay. teaching years 7 to 11, so mm-hmm. ages 11 to 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at my school, we sort of specialize specifically in our particular science uh which, of course, means that we get to teach the one that we're uh, sort of the best at and the uh, most interested in, but also means I have quite a lot of classes. So, uh, actually, I have two classes uh, of the uh, sort of the older students per year um, mm-hmm. and uh, four for the uh, year sevens and eights, uh, which is quite a lot of students okay. overall. Um, but uh, sort of obviously on a daily basis, uh, we have uh, six-period days uh, where I work, and typically, will be sort of uh, an average for a, a two-week cycle. Will be five of those will be teaching, one of them will be free for something else, which will be sort of, you know, pre- preparing or marking or along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, obviously, that one per day is uh, not enough to get uh, all the uh, all the additional work we need to do done. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I suppose that's sort of the uh, the outline of the uh, the week as it is. And of course, on top of that, there's form time and there's. Uh, meetings and etc mm-hmm. um that are sort of before during and after the school day um but uh yes interesting so i mean that was your routine uh, i mean it's quite a routine isn't it there's a there's a lot going on yeah. um i mean so far from your experience how are you actually finding it personally yes um well it is tiring um <laughs> it is uh, it is a lot of effort um I feel like uh, in order to sort of, you know, I, I like to get in, get in early, make sure that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of prepared for the day. Um, mm-hmm. So usually I'm, I'm sort of leaving the house at seven, mm-hmm. um, or that's my goal to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, depending on the day, sometimes like today I get home quite early, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of a good feature of, of the school that I'm working at. They don't okay. try and keep staff around afterwards. Yep. Some schools do. There's no real reason for that, but, you know, that's just what they, uh, they like to do is sort of their... Uh, Keeping okay. their employees in, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, it is uh, it is it is a lot of work, um, yeah. and I I do feel motivated by the work, okay, um, which is the reason that I do it. But it is uh, it is as I say, it's tiring. It takes a it takes a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just brought home another stack of Year Eleven mock marking today, <laughs> um, mm. so another sixty papers uh, to uh, to mark. Yeah, I mean. Uh kudos to you i mean you, you've uh, you know we hope you you know con- continue this i mean one of the things that i did wanted to ask is did you expect this um going into this profession did you expect that the amount of workload because it's is you know it's all good to hear that you were motivated to you know to do this because that that's wonderful because if you are motivated and you really wanted to do this then you know all good but you know for other, other others listening to this uh, you know wanting to become a teacher what would your what would your advice be in terms of the workload that you know that 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 you've mentioned? Yeah, um, uh, I suppose in a sense, yeah, I did expect this. Uh, okay. I wasn't misled. Um, mm-hmm. I feel, uh, and in fact, I mean that's one sort of, in a sense, a good thing about kind of going into it in my sort of first week of training. Um, I had some very good conversations with sort of more uh, more experienced staff. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of talking about you know what was what, what made the career um, mm-hmm. you know what what the what the upsides were what you know obviously quite neg- a lot of quite negative things um, but uh, yeah so I did I did expect that there would be a, a significant amount of work um, involved um, I suppose my advice 
uh, the people that would be sort of going into it is um, obviously you know consider if uh, if you know you have uh, you know the interest in your subject if you, if you like working with people mm-hmm. I mean you know there's, there's few jobs you know a lot of jobs where you're working with people there's few where you're uh, quite to this extent and obviously children and young people especially um, but um, but yeah really it's just that you need to know going in that you're going to be able to you know, put in put in a bit of that time. You don't you don't mind doing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a job where you can really just come home and forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want that from a job, which a lot of people do, and I mean, you know, I wouldn't mind sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's def it's definitely not really the thing for you um, mm-hmm. because it is something that you're thinking about sort of outside of work. And I mean, even just sort of being in like the group chat with work colleagues, yeah. I see that you know most of us. Some people are very good at sort of going home and they don't take things home with them. But most of us are doing something kind of work related at, you know, a lot of the hours outside of it. Not to say that I don't do anything else. I do. <laughs> um, but uh, just that uh, it is uh, that is sort of a, a part of the job. So um, what is what is if if you don't mind, what is the anything else? Do you do sports? Do you what do you enjoy doing in your free time? Um, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very much, uh, I've been, I try and do a bit of exercise, a bit of sport uh, when I can. Um, but uh, for me, most part, I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit, bit nerdy. Uh, a lot of, a uh, lot of gaming, a lot okay. of uh, RPGs personally for me. Um, okay. Which nice. I mean, for me personally as well, was sort of where I got the, uh, so I would say role playing games for those that aren't familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, that's sort of where I sort of build up some of the, uh, the confidence and the sort of mm. the ability to talk. Um, that uh, you really need as a teacher. Yeah. Um, it very much helps to have a bit of uh, improv ability because if you need to, if you need to plan out everything yeah. that you're going to say or do, then it, it's just impossible. You know, you don't you don't have the time to plan out every single thing you're going to say in the lesson. You need to be able to think about it then and uh, and uh, sort of uh, come up with things on the spot sometimes. And it's all it's all it's also I think a way of relating to students, isn't it? Um, you know, because students are a lot more into these games nowadays and stuff. Yeah, so they, yeah. They, they um, probably think, "Oh, our teacher me, is no no knows about this. So he's a cool he's a cool guy, isn't he?" <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, for me, that uh, probably doesn't apply as much, just because I work at a girls' school. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. That probably isn't quite as much of a shared interest as it would be if I had more, uh, if I had male people. Not say isn't at all. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it is. Uh, it is good to have sort of a few shared interests. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, sometimes it is it is a bit difficult when all they're interested in is TikTok, which is what it feels like is the the craze that's taking over, mm-hmm. uh, taking over young people at this point. Mm-hmm. Right, and so could you share s- some of your thoughts uh, about teachers striking? You know, are you in favour? How you feel about it? Yeah, um, I mean, overall, um, I uh, I did uh, sort of I um, I'm a member of a union, um, and I uh, I will say actually I did not uh, I did not participate in the strike yesterday, although I did in the previous one. Um, but um, overall, yes, I do I do support it. Um, I suppose um, just I mean for the obviously you know everyone in the public sector is the same kind of problem where you know whether we're we're uh, teachers or, or nurses or doctors or, or whoever else where just the pay increases haven't haven't kept up with what we what they should have been mm-hmm. over the last decade um and it's really coming to the point with the recent cost of living crisis where it's starting to hurt a lot of people mm-hmm. um but i mean more than just sort of you know the how individuals are doing just the fact that honestly it does it doesn't really feel like you know there's, there's not going to be anyone to carry on the profession mm-hmm. in a few years time 
if we don't start improving certain things. And yeah. I mean, just thinking back to sort of my cohort that I entered training with, um, there were probably about sort of 30 plus people there. Mm-hmm. There were not 30 people that finished finished the course. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the exact number that finished and went into teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but we lost a lot of people along the way. And some of those people, I think, really had good potential to be good teachers. Um, and the fact that sort of the uh, the strain and the, the stress of the position uh, kind of um, filtered them out is not a good thing. Um, and the fact that, you know, every year there's uh, we're not re- reaching those targets of the number of teachers we need to recruit mm-hmm. uh, and the number of people that quit each year especially newer teachers, is, uh, you know, remaining really too high. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, we do need um, we do need to strike to, to sort of get some attention to the problem that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if it's either improve things now or there's not going to be much of an education system in the not-too-distant mm-hmm. future. I think thank you so much. Uh, there was so much that you know, was there for us to learn as well. And good luck with uh, your future endeavours. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Take care. Bye bye. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. We're speaking about uh, school strikes and you know teachers striking. How it's whether it's impact does it does it actually impact ed- education? Whether you can blame teachers really, you know, for for striking. You know, so far, you know, what we've we've gained from the conversation that we've had, you can't really blame teachers, can you? Yes. Yeah, it's enough is enough, I think. They're just <laughs> fed up, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, you know, if you are a teacher striking today, please do call. would love to hear from you. Um, yeah. because uh, we- sorry, would, would I be able to add just one more? Yes, please. Um, it's just that one thing that sort of, and one of the reasons actually I didn't participate in the strike yesterday was that, honestly, a lot of teachers I know are, were literally quite, quite literally using the strike day as a day to just catch up on work at home. Um, oh and that is not how things are supposed <laughs> to be. But the fact that people w- went on strike yeah. in order to get work done in yeah. what was theoretically their own time is, uh, I think, a pretty worrying sign of how sort of things are. Yeah. Um, and uh, why why we uh, why people felt the need to go on strike in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think but, that. Uh, that's... Anyway, I will um, I will uh, go off now so you can have some more guests. But thank you very much. Thank you so yeah, much for joining us, Michael. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yeah, so f- discussing uh, well, st- that, that was a great point, right? Like how yeah. people are people are staying on, uh, well, striking, and then using that time to catch up on work. Like that just shows how Smart, over over <laughs> overworked <laughs> they are, right? Yeah. it's 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 uh, well, it's sad. Like you know, the fact that they're trying to to better their condition, but they're so. Um, stuck with the the amount of workload that they have that they find themselves as using that as an opportunity like literally any spare time is being taken up by this so I think that um, it was a great point by um, Michael just now yeah of course um, I think uh, we're going to carry on with uh, with the discussion that we're having but, but most importantly we've only have about 15 minutes to go so if you do have a point that you need to make do call us in and uh, as this is your program so you know let's teachers and you know more strike action you know the teachers teaching crisis you know we were discussing it in you know we were mentioning it in you know a co overnight you know we mentioned the statistics we spoke to various guests you know what is the real reason where we are you know you know where we are at the moment definitely and uh, like there is an actual um 
I, I, w- I want to answer and, and discuss the question of why are specialist subjects suffering, right? Yeah. Because uh, there seems to be uh, an impact on specialist subjects. Um, you know, amid the new recruitment struggles, schools have been using non-specialist teachers to fill in the staffing gaps mm. in subjects, including maths, physics, and languages. So you're getting um, you're getting stu- uh, teachers who don't necessarily know the subject that are having to teach it because Whoa. because of that. And um, the National Foundation for Educational Research um, said the use of non-specialist teachers in schools struggling with recruitment could have a negative impact on learning for pupils. The research also found that non-specialist teaching was most prevalent in schools struggling with both recruitment of staff and a lack of supply teachers. When looking at the 2019, 20 and 2022, 21 academic years, uh, secondary schools where where teacher recruitment was most difficult, there were reports of at least some lessons being taught by non-specialists for maths in 62% of schools, for physics in 55% and modern foreign languages for 26% of schools. So this isn't like, you know, 5-10% here and there. This is a massive amount of um, teachers that aren't, aren't teaching a specialist subject that they are a specialist in right um and this compares to the schools reporting the least uh, issues and difficulties with recruitment only having to use non-specialists for maths in 27 percent of schools for physics in 29 percent of schools and for languages in 14 percent of schools with the government not increasing the pay rate for teachers highly qualified individuals in their respective fields are less likely to choose the profession over other jobs available in their offering in their field offering better benefits and working hours and um so you know you you can't blame them right if you're a specialist in a subject and you're being told that you know you have to work for less pay uh, a crazy amount of hours you know uh, yep. and you know you're not valued basically uh, and then you get disrespected by by students uh, on a daily basis what motivation mm-hmm. it couldn't be good for people's mental health as well right mm-hmm. and um so one of the Department of Education spokespersons says they are encouraging talented trainees in key subjects such as chemistry, computing, mathematics and physics to go into teaching by providing bursaries worth up to uh, £27,000 tax-free and scholarships worth £29,000 tax-free on top of the highest pay award in a generation for all teachers. So... I mean, despite these measures, you've got you know significant number of schools you know which have you know, still had to resort to non-specialist teachers, as 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 you're discussing in 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 key subjects like maths, and this is likely to have a negative impact on a long-term skill development. Uh, you know, particularly speaking of science, technology, engineering, and maths, and you know subsequently on the future economy of the country itself, um, and. You know the 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 brunt of the issue uh, with with non-specialized teachers seems to be falling on schools in low-income areas and and those with lower Ofsted ratings. Um, so it's just a knock-on effect, isn't it? You know, yeah. as 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 both these factors affect the recruitment of skilled teachers. Now, while certain schools, you know, may may not have the same level of experienced staff as others, you know, a societal shift is needed um, in 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 how teachers are actually viewed in order to draw more positive influences on on young people into the profession now 
no matter what type of school you're in you know it is your duty you know it is a duty of every person to respect and value the one the one who has come to teach them and i think that is that is the essence i think this is something that we can this doesn't demand money or you know funds or anything it's just it's just a basic right of teacher mm. right and i think the 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 high authority of of school needs to put that in place that there should be zero tolerance yeah. of you know these 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 students uh, you know and because islam one one of the things that islam says i think one of the hadith of the prophet you know that comes to my mind is he says if you see a wrong happening change it with your hand okay if you can't change it with your hand meaning physically you can't change it then then speak about it okay if you can't speak about it then consider it wrong in your heart mm. which in another way is pray for it yeah right so 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 i think and he says that that is the the lowest of iman i mean that is the the lowest level of faith that you can have so the point that i'm trying to make here is 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 what we've seen is as i was mentioning from the example is when others other children see that that certain children are getting away you know uh, you know uh, even though they're being rude to the teachers and they're not respectful they're saying we 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 can also do it and and same goes to bullying and all of these things if there is there is a strict policy and people know what consequences you know th- there there are uh, it's not going to happen but we're going to be moving on to our next guest we're going to be speaking to Paulina Taylor who is a secondary school science teacher again assalamu alaikum may peace and blessings of god be upon you and welcome to the drive time show hello hello thank you so much for joining us we're speaking of uh, about teacher striking what is your opinion on teacher striking hello um i think um teacher striking is very important um I think teachers are overworked and um, our, wor- our workloads are so heavy mm-hmm. and a lot of teachers are tired and a lot of people are complaining of fatigue that I think it's really important that um, teachers are recognized and also have a pay increase as well. Yeah, I mean, th- that's been uh, sort of, uh, you know, a consensus, you know, mm. from the previous two guests that we, sp- we, 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 we spoke to as well. Um, you know, on a day-to-day basis, you know, speaking to your colleagues and, and, and from your experience, what's the impact of the workload for teachers? Um, a lot of times, um, everyone and um, a lot of colleagues stay behind or end up doing um, work well beyond their contract. Um, a lot of colleagues um, complain how tired they are and how that impacts their teaching as well. Because um, where we have so many responsibilities outside of actually teaching, so the admin roles, the pastoral roles, etc., Mm-hmm. The teaching is actually the least part of our job, so it's almost like the um, the least time we actually work is actually teaching the students. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, what? Well, uh, what I wanted to ask you: what inspired you to go into teaching? Because clearly, it wasn't the pay. So, for that again, please. What 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 inspired you to go into teaching? Oh, what inspired me to go into teaching? And um, I love students. I love like young young people. Um, I have younger brothers and sisters, and also um, I love my subject. I love science, mm-hmm. so I thought I wanted to give back because um, I've had a good teaching or well, academic career so far. So um, I've enjoyed studying, and I wanted to give back. That's awesome. And um, so, how could the pres- profession of teaching be improved, um, and and you know, be more encouraged so that more people join uh, teaching as a profession? Um, that's a big question, but um, in my opinion, I think um, a lot of support staff, so a lot of people actually help teachers out with all the admin stuff we're doing now. They should hire more people to help with that. And also classroom support. Um, I've been teaching for a while and I've only ever had a, um, a learn, learning support assistant in my classroom once. 
So I think we need a lot of support in that in those areas, and also more pay, more incentives to to get into the career as well. And also once you're in, more incentives to kind of keep people on because a lot of people leave after a few years. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, that's been really insightful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye. Bye. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. Yeah, and you know, I think that it's been a consensus here today, hasn't it? Of course. Of of, you know, it's clearly it's not it's not a profession that has been uh, valued, and you know, uh, as as Muslims, we know the the importance of teachers in in society. Um, for our future generations, you know, seeing that um, if we're not having specialist um, teachers in, you know, especially the STEM subjects, you know, science, technology, engineering, yep. and and maths, then it's actually going to impact the the future economy of the country. Um, um, like I'm actually working with a company who's who's trying to uh, encourage more uh, STEM education in primary school because it, there's a there's a, been a real um, there's been a real downtick in um, mm. or in STEM education being do you adopted. Think, do you think AI is going to take over? Uh, no, I think the thing is, is that like yeah. science, maths, and all yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think that you're always going to need that human element. Uh, I don't know if you've used things like Chat GPT too much or um, no. played around with it, but um, you know, Not AI as 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 intelligent as it is, it still needs data. It still needs. Um, it still needs to be taught. Uh, it needs to be taught. So clearly, there needs to be teachers around. So mm-hmm. um, yes, I do think AI is is revolutionising society at the moment. But I still think that we need to we need to build those creators of the artificial intelligence that is going to help us in the future. And if we're not getting the STEM, uh, we're not getting the specialist teachers, especially in STEM yep. education, then yep. that is going to be impacted and. There could be potential, um, you know, failures in in the future, because we, you know, don't have the the students coming up and having the education that they need. Absolutely, um, there is a, a quote that I want to mention from His Holiness, the current uh, worldwide head of the Omni Muslim community, who, you know, while speaking to a virtual class to young Ahmadi children, he said, "Always remember." That the promised Messiah, that, you know, referring to the, the founder of the Amdi Muslim community, peace be upon him, was given a revelation of God, God Almighty, that he is pleased with your humble ways. And so be humble, never succumb to arrogance upon gaining knowledge. Other than that, whilst being truly consumed with humility, be mindful of the words of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, that I was poor and helpless, un- unknown and without skills. So, you know, basically saying that it was God who, mm. it, you know, who, who, who enabled you know, uh, him to become, become you know, an influential person. So, so I think this is important because it's a, it's a reminder that 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 the onus is 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 also on you know upon students to be grateful to those who choose to dedicate their lives to teaching. You know, if attitudes shift, and it's possible, of course, you know, more young graduates and professionals will will, will consider teaching as a career and be less likely to leave the profession. And I think the at, it's just as I was saying, it's a knock-on effect. Imagine the pay is right. Imagine everything you know that that a teacher is needed is there. The workload is less, right? Mm. The hours are less. Do you think you need that? Man, you need that many hours because there there are uh, you know other education systems. I don't know whether it was in Sweden or one other mm. country 
we can discuss that in you know the, on, the, on, on the top of my mind are you know are, I remember look, look, looking into this some some times back mm. where there are less hours yet you know people are actually you know performing and yeah. you know they are they, they are excelling uh, at 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 a much greater you know percentage than than other yeah, systems I, so I, I think do you think the, do you think that the entire system has to be sort of you know Look, reworked, yeah. Reworked and no, potentially, because uh, you know, um, I don't know if you've heard about the, the four-day week that yeah. um, you know are, are being uh, has been adopted by many businesses in the UK. You know, they've seen a lot more. I was speaking to someone uh, recently that had uh, implemented it in his business, um, and you know, he said that you know staff are way more happier. Yeah, they're enjoying working. They have that understanding of work-life balance, and you know. If, it's always going to have a positive impact because then if you think about the um mm-hmm. the impact that they have when they go home then right like you know they're happier they're healthier um they have a they can support their children in their education and when they go back and so for me i think yes there needs to be a rework but for now let's just uh, give them the pay they need right yeah. um but yeah i i, I think that you know one of the biggest things I think that if we focus on respecting teachers, yes. Um, but if we're not respecting them as a society, yep. Then why would individuals respect them? Absolutely, I mean, spot on there. And this is the message that you want to leave. There is a famous saying of 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 Hazrat Ali, the the fourth Khalifa of Islam, where he says that if a person teaches me one single word, he has made me his servant for a lifetime. Wow. And 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 that goes to show you the the amount of humility these. These people had, you know, and had respect for, you know, for their elders and teachers, um, and you know, this is something that, you know, that's been that's ingrained in us as, you know, individuals. So to today's discussion has proven that some major changes are needed to relieve the pressure put on teachers, and the strike actions, you know, and 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 resultant disruption to schools has highlighted just how much teaching staff, you know, actually does to keep the country running on a daily basis. Um, you know, with that, we, you know, uh, you know, we've learned a lot, uh, you know, and, yeah. and actually getting the teachers their own perspective, you know, especially speaking to the guest. Um, but lastly, this is the message we want to leave, you know, for all the students that are listening to be respectful. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. We're back with the second hour of our Drive Time show where we discuss different contemporary issues and relate them back to Islam. So in this second hour, we are going to be discussing diversity in uh, rainbow neighbourhoods. We want to discuss things like ethnic segregation in the UK, benefits of a multicultural society, and then go into Islam's teachings of diversity. 
Um, the segregation of peoples based on particular cultural or racial characteristics has been a feature of urban life since ancient times. Separate quarters inhabited by members of what was considered a distinct group appeared in the most ancient of Sumerian cities. <coughs> as societies became more complex, as states encompassed more territory, and as merchants engaged in greater arcs of trade, the opportunity for diverse peoples to come together led also to their spatial separation. England and Wales are less ethnically segregated than they <coughs> have ever been, according to a new study, and many areas are becoming more diverse with different ethnic minorities moving to the same areas regardless of different backgrounds. Exposure to diversity helps broaden people's social networks by creating meaningful opportunities for interaction across racial and ethnic lines. The Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, vehemently stressed the same thoughts in the following words. Um, you are brothers and sisters, you are all equal, no matter to which nation or tribe you belong, and no matter what your status is, you are equal. <coughs> Just as the fingers of both hands are alike, nobody can claim to have any distinctive right or greatness over another. The command which I give you today is not just for today, but it is forever. Always remember to and keep acting upon it until you return to your true master. So, you know, it's 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 clear here that mm -hmm. you know, Islam supports diversity. Yep. And um you know, you know me. I like to have a personal anecdote, always <laughs> on every topic. But um, yeah. for me, one of the, one of the greatest things that I learned, um, I had a colleague um, who I worked with once, and um, you know, he mentioned to me that he came <coughs> from a very small part of the UK, which was um, mm -hmm. which was very segregated uh, when it came to race. There was. Yeah. Um, uh, Asian people on one side and, and white people on the other and what, what he didn't have any sort of interaction and it was only until he came to university where he um, met people from different parts of the world that he grew an understanding of it and you know he, he, he mentions that you know people who have not left that town since mm -hmm. then um, they, he's been seeing their, their comments on Facebook about how they just have no understanding or no tolerance for anybody else. Mm -hmm. And that diverse experience that you get at university uh, really <coughs> stopped him from having very narrow-minded views. So, If, if you, you know, don't mind, if you can ask, where was he living, bro? It was a pl place in Leeds. It was a very small town in Leeds. Okay. Yeah. It was not on the moon, was it? No, no, no. Okay. No, but, but he, you know, like this was years ago, right? Like no, I'm, he, just I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just kidding. And what I'm saying is basically um, we're living in an age of social media, right? Mm. We're living in an age where it, you, don't, you don't really, of course, interactions are very important mm. and all of these things are there. But even without, you know, interactions, people kind of know what the cultures are. You know, these things are very much, you know, apparent. But you're, you're right that you know it is important to have because one of the emphasis that the that the community places is reaching out to people yeah the you know the peace symposium that's coming up on the on the second uh on, on the fourth mm. of this march saturday. this saturday mm. um is 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 one of the purposes is that is that very purpose of of, mm. of inviting people of various different backgrounds different mm. academics and you know uh, faith leaders right representative dignitaries all of these people to come together and 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 you know come to a com come to common terms and discuss the ideas of peace right and i think that is the purpose because that would show you there's a lot in 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 common than 
there is difference. Yeah, but the, the thing is that I think there are still quite a few, although it is changing, there are places where, you know, one particular type of person uh, dominates the area. And, you mm, know, you, you say right. that social media, social media <coughs> hasn't been around that long. If you think about it, like, oh, he went to university probably around, uh, what, late 2010. No, you're right. I mean, it's not been that long. This area that we're speaking of, okay, now I totally understand now. This area that we're speaking about, Mm. Morden, right? Mm. Now now it's the community knows us, then they know what we're all about, Mm. you know, the community and everything. Bro, if you go back to. 1998 I think or yeah. 1996 or well, 2003 when, when, yeah, when, when when the project yeah. was started yeah. right there was a lot of backlash there there, there was there was a lot of you know di- discussion from you know the far right and all this this mosque being built and all of these things but then it, it was through that interaction that they had with the community that the villas no that's this know, is that's, a good thing this, yeah. is, this is a good thing for the community you know the mosque being built and everything and now you know you've got so many events external events that take place here you know your school school examinations that take place in mm. in, in, in the tire th- 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 hall here and stuff like that peace symposium as I've just mentioned so, blood drives exactly blood drives and all you know just 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 in COVID times but one of the verses that that it it, it brings me to you know it reminds me from from chapter forty nine of, of of the Holy Quran this is from Surah Al Hujarat. Right where Allah the Almighty says uh, that all mankind we have created you from a male and female and we have made you into tribes and sub-tribes that you may recognize one another. Mm. That's the purpose. Black, white, you know, Asian, African. The purpose is so that you may recognize one another. That's it. Mm. Verily, the most honorable among you in the sight of God is he who is the most righteous among you. Right? How he is to his neighbors, how how he treats his, his, his fellow human being part and parcel of of Islam and mm. you know it, it, rights of God and rights of creation we always speak about it surely Allah is all knowing and all aware so so this this is this, from from the Islamic perspective this tells you you know what the purpose of of you know this diversity is you know what is the reason for you know people belonging to different nations and you know uh, different backgrounds yeah it'd also be really boring if we all look the same <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and diversity as you're discussing dem, dem, demographic changes right Diversity is not just necessarily, you know, uh, about you know spatial separation, hmm. but the but the segregation of people was you know was a common way to enforce social distance, you know, to maintain community and limit you know resource access and whole variety of options. And while separation can and does also occur in rural rural a- areas. It is within urban places that it features most prominently. And it's interesting, right? Mm. What we think of as urban geography, you know, even if, you know, even if, you know, done in sociology departments, let's say, you know, was most, uh, it is mostly, uh, you know, associated with segregation. Our early uh, modernist theories of cities brought about, you know, by the Chicago school were animated by the movement of new groups. I, Im, and it was immigrants mostly, you know, into and out out of different urban neighborhoods. Now, later, the discussion of ethnicity, immigration, and race would ordinarily, you know, engage with the spatial patterns of groups, uh, and 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 of course, some more explicitly than others. Yeah. Um, now, these demographic changes are of interest to you know social and popular uh, population geographers as well as to policymakers, mm. um, and some of whom are interested in, in whether there has been an increase in residential segregation mm. uh, as the ethnic composition of the population has you know, sort of di- di- diversified. 
So you know, this tells you that you know seg- segregation in itself is is sort of is is a very difficult word. Yeah. Right. It's and a very and loaded word. Exactly, it? and often laden with uh, negative connotations, mm. and especially in academic research, the meaning is more neutral. Um, right. And 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 it refers to the outcome of various processes, choices, or restrictions on people. Um, you know, such as where they can afford to live. Yeah. Uh, you know, that leave a particular group of population prevalent in places where another group is not. And sometimes, you know, evidence of residential segregation is linked with concerns about racial integration or, you know... Or the lack of it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I know I, segregation is a strong word. Um, but, like, you know, it, it's... I'm sure that there is... It, there are areas where, you know... It's maybe not the best. I, I I can give you an example of when um, I was younger, very long time ago. Yeah. Um, I went to like different parts of the UK, and I I felt it on myself being the only person of color yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I felt like there were people looking at me a lot. Mm. I, the same happens when you go to India or Pakistan, right? Like. Uh, they can tell that you're from the UK and people will stare at you. You feel that uncomfortable. You can yeah. feel that like look on you. So I can understand that there, there may be that type of um, segregation, so to speak, that like the lack of um, uh, integration in, in residential segregation because, um, mm. you know, people are very particular about the, the people that live around them. Absolutely, and you know the intergroup uh, contact hypothesis. You know, it, it basically suggests that uh, contact between different groups reduce prejudice and conflict between them. So, if two or more groups are living apart, then that could be a situation affecting or affected by levels of mistrust, cooperation, and understanding between them. So, <clears throat> and 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 you know, some time ago, you would you would point at certain areas. I think now is a lot a lot has changed in because I was living in Battersea and Clapham area. Mm. Right or Brixton, you would point and you would say, you know, that area is, you know, uh, you know, much more, you know, m- m- you know, sort of from from, from an African background, right? P- people live, live live there, or you know, certain areas around around the UK, Bradford, or these areas, mm-hmm. Birmingham as well. Yeah, there's a lot more Asians there and stuff like that. But I think, especially speaking about London, those areas when you go there now, it's totally changed. Mm. You know, you and and because the central London is is actually coming towards. You know, it's co- it's covering all of that area now because they know economically how important that area is. So, so, so people have, in a way, you're starting the conversation of gentrification, and I think that that's going to talk too much about something else. But yeah. um, no, I, I I hear you. I think that um, you know there there is the evolution, and and you know neighborhoods are are becoming more diverse, and it's a good thing. You yeah. know, like we mentioned, yeah. uh, like I told you the, the the conversation I had with with a friend who who um, says that if it wasn't for the interactions, he would treat people differently because that's all he's known. He's only been surrounded by people. And I think that the more we open up and understand these things um, and, and you know, check our biases and, and, and mistrust, you know, the, the, the whole idea of mistrust because two societies um, are like that are kind of separated like oh okay you can't venture into this side. it kind of becomes this whole like gang culture as well yep. like so it it builds mistrust and you just feel like they're the others it's like yeah, the yeah, other yeah. people yeah. they're not ours and I think that that's I think where, it's just ignorance isn't it yeah it's, it's purely based on ignorance 
and only and, until um, when you like get rid of that segregation and you like diversify and you you engage that's only when you can break down I think may, maybe we can ask a guess what whether that is in whether, whether that is done intentionally that mm. segregation whether it has anything to do with placing people you know because you're saying economic we were discussing e- economic reasons mm. you know or people can't, can't afford to live in certain certain areas yeah. forcing them then into you know move, moving into certain certain areas you know where they necessarily don't want to live in right yeah. so there there's all of these discussions to have um but you know speaking of uh, ethnic segregation in Eng- england and wales uh, researchers actually looked at thousands of neighborhoods across the two nations and you know alongside data from the you know 2021 census they actually found that more people from different ethnic backgrounds are now living close to each other or next door to each other than ever recorded and that's really good that's interesting and yeah. and and study author dr jemma katney um told bbc news the data suggests people are generally becoming more tolerant um and and she also said um that uh you know sorry dr katney from queens university belfast led a team of international researchers to to basically analyze this data and 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 the findings have been published in the royal Ge- geographical society's journal <clears throat> right it basically said that the data contradicts many debates around race ethnicity which which focuses on division and difference right and what we're seeing in in increasing levels of people living together or next door to each other and that indicates you know a level of tolerance uh, you know something that's happened really naturally over time uh, without major government interventions or you know in- integrations it's nice to see that that's uh, naturally happened right and mm. um but i would think we're going to go into this a bit more uh, but we're going to start by speaking with our first guest uh John Hayward Cripps who is the CEO of Neighborhood Watch Network. Uh assalamu alaikum peace be and blessings of Allah be upon you. Uh welcome to the Drive Time show. Yep, yes. Yeah, no I did respond. Okay, oh, sorry. We, we didn't, didn't hear you. you. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> okay. Right. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Um so we're speaking about diversity here of course. Um firstly, could you could you please tell us about yourself and the work you do? Sure. Um I'm the chief executive of Neighbourhood Watch Network. So we're an organisation that is an umbrella body for all the local neighbourhood watches across England and Wales. And local neighbourhood watches are just you know, groups of individuals and ordinary members of the public who are volunteers and come together mm-hmm. because they have an interest in improving the the area that they live in. So reducing crime and also increasing resilience, reducing loneliness, isolation, just connecting people within their community. Very interesting. And and how does the neighborhood watch community, you know, work across England and Wales, let's say, you know, what are the missions and values of the community? Sure. I mean, our our, our mission really is to is to support and enable individuals and communities to be more connected, active and safe, and that in itself um increases well-being and minimizes crime. So, you know, our our kind of vision and uh in that sense is you know is a society where all neighbors come together to create safer stronger and active communities right and um so neighborhood watch is is the largest crime prevention voluntary movement in england and wales does living in diverse neighborhoods reduce crime rates does the neighborhood uh, become more secure so to speak i'm i i'm not sure diversity either increases or decreases Uh, by itself hmm. um crime 
I think what we what we tend to see is crime tends to be highest in areas of poverty and deprivation. And of course, that's not connected to diversity because um, there are lots of very non-diverse communities that have high um, high crime and deprivation in them. I mean, what I would say about communities is where where communities are more connected, so where people um, have contact with each other, look out for each other, um, and potentially do some community things together. It doesn't it often doesn't really matter what those community things are, but whether that's picking litter, going to a faith group, being part of a of, you know, of a, of a local group that. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes on dog walk together. It doesn't really matter if there, if there are those sort of activities and that people feel connected mm-hmm. with their with their neighbours. Then that absolutely tends to reduce crime. People feel less lonely, mm-hmm. and people are more integrated. So where where that happens, there is certainly lower crime and 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 higher integration. Of course, and you know, it seems you've been in 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 social work for 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 a very long time, um, and uh, you know, speaking of 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 this work, uh, you know, how did you get into it? What was your motivation? Um, I mean, originally, I, I was, I, um, I, bizarrely, I taught outdoor pursuits, so climbing, canoeing, mm-hmm. those kind of things, because I was interested in, in them. And then I started working with, in communities that had, where with young people that had very few opportunities to do anything. Yeah. Um, in the, and, that, and so I got into kind of social work through that and then became a, became a social worker and worked in child protection for a while but my heart was always in mm-hmm. really kind of communities connectedness I mean I feel absolutely passionately that that communities and, and very ordinary people doing small fairly ordinary things together mm. makes communities strong it improves them it makes them more integrated people enjoy their lives more it means older people feel supported less lonely mm-hmm. and younger people too yeah. and you know, and in, in massively enhances all of our kind of experience through diversity. You know, neighbourhood watch in Cornwall looks very different to neighbourhood watch in Croydon or Coventry, mm. um, and and that and so it should do because they probably know, have different challenges different. as well, isn't it? They probably you know different areas, different challenges. Absolutely, in rural areas, there's rural crime. You know, and in and in built-up areas, there's lots of you know they, there's high harassment, hate crime, those kind of things. So mm-hmm. the, absolutely, the, the challenges are very different. Mm-hmm. But I do think the kind of people working together and and helping each other and looking out for each other is what makes a huge difference. Not just to crime, but how people feel about crime and how safe they feel and how connected they feel. Very interesting indeed. Um, and you know, it, I mean, it's, it's wonderful work that you're doing, and, and it's very much in line with the work that the community does here. You know, I don't know if, Absolutely. if you looked into the Hamdi Muslim community and you know, the charitable work, not just you know within the country, but you know across the world. So there, there there's of course uh, com- commonality mm. there. Um, you know, uh, how you know how, could you maybe tell us you know about the Calling Tree campaign a little bit more? You know, what is it about, and how does it actually work? Sure. This this kind of came about during the COVID crisis. So we were very concerned about people that weren't um, connected on to the internet, um, and you know, or, or potentially were connected but didn't use it very much and didn't have people around them. Perhaps they were living, you know, their friends or family maybe were were, were spread about and not near them. So the calling tree campaign was a simple phone system where one person, a, a local coordinator, would phone two people within the community. And literally, literally, just check in how they are and have a brief chat with them. Mm-hmm. And then those two people would each phone two people, mm-hmm. and so then that that would then be 
four people being being called mm-hmm. and 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 so on and it was just to make contact check people were okay um, and then and, and again those people would then phone two people mm-hmm. so it was a way of each person doesn't have to do too much each person literally has to make two, two phone calls mm-hmm. um, and yet you can cover a whole community quite quickly and as i said it started during covid but actually it's carried on in numerous communities where people have just been really pleased to have that contact it was often mm-hmm. Not always, but often older people that, as I say, perhaps don't have the internet and don't use computers, so they're just on their on their landlines or mobile phones, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just to keep people connected. Very interesting. Thank you so much for joining us and you know taking time out to answer our questions. It was a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure, likewise. Thank you. Take bye care. Bye. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. There's so much good happening, isn't there? I mean. You know, uh, there's numerous charities that we we you know we speak to that that, that are trying to make a difference, bring people together, um, and and um, you know change narratives. Is for him isn't it that that's that's the case, and 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 that is very much in line with what we do here as well. With mm. you know and, and the purpose of the voice of Islam actually reaching out to people, and you know giving people you know the Islamic view, and and for them to come come in, share their opinion, ask questions. This is what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, I I've, I often say this, and I'm sure it's, it's said by more uh, <laughs> better sources. But um, fear uh, is usually from a lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. You usually fear things that you don't know about. And if you think about anything, if you were, let's say, the first time you were going to record um, your first show here, you're probably thinking, okay. I have no idea what it's going to go like. And once you got your training and once you understood that, you you had that less of a fear. And as it goes show by show, you have less fear, etc. So mm-hmm. without that understanding, without that opportunity to learn, share and understand different cultures, different types of people, um, you, you, you will continually fear or at least be wary of that. And that's where I think that, you know, the diversification of, of neighborhoods is a great thing. And, you know, it's nice to see that it's happened naturally and that things have changed. Because, you know, as I mentioned, like by a good what, 20 years ago, I'm sure it was um, it was a lot different. Even in my areas, um, like, you know, I've, I've had places where I've walked and, and I've been the minority. And, you know, it's been... <laughs> Let's, for lack of uh, of a better word, it's been made known to me yeah. that I was of something uh, of a different uh, race. Um, You're a different species. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and being a kid, yeah. I, I didn't understand it then, but now I realise it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think that that's that's the best we can do. I mean, reach out to people, and, and there's always. I think one of the things I need to point out. Look, there's always going to be people, no matter what, they're going to dislike you. So let's not focus on that, and 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 let 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 let's not base our judgments on, you know, on um, on the minority, like you know, no point, no 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 something percent of people that just hate, you know, others for the you know forever for for whatever reasons, right? No, no matter what you do, you, you want to reach out, you want to call them to come and ask, uh, you know, ask questions and all of these things, but they they just don't want to come. So mm. you know, there's there's only so much one can do, but the focus should be on on others. You know, uh, and 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 you know, the world is huge, isn't it? The, the sky's the limit. There, there's there's so many people out there that 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 deserve your you know your care and your attention and you know all 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 of these things. 
Yeah, um, I want to talk more about ethnic segregation in England and Wales, right? Like, because there's yeah. some really interesting statistics here. All right. So, um, the researchers found that diversity has increased and segregation has decreased both in cities and in smaller towns and villages. The most diverse district was Newham in East London, yeah. while Slough in Berkshire was the most diverse place outside of London. Mm-hmm. One measure uh, researchers used is the Reciprocal Diversity Index, the RDI, mm-hmm. which looks at how diverse an area is on a scale from 0 to 100. If a neighborhood has an RDI score of 30 or higher, it is considered to be very ethnically diverse. The 2021 data shows that 2,201 neighborhoods, 6.2% of the total, in England and Wales have a high diversity score. This is significantly more than in 2001 when only 342 1% were very diverse. So we've seen a massive uptick there. Um, ethnicity figures collected in the 2021 census were published last November. About 41% of people in Leicester described themselves as white, the lowest of any city in the UK. Mm-hmm. So you know that's really interesting because 20 years from now it's 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 uh clear and, and you know i've experienced it as I, as I mentioned but before we discuss this anymore uh, i think we're going to go to our next guest right of course we'll be speaking to ghulam rasul shazad who is a treasurer of greater manchester neighborhood watch association also the coordinator of borough of uh, rochdale which is one of the 10 local authorities in greater manchester assalamu alaikum may peace and blessings of god be upon you and welcome to the drive time show Walaikum Aslam and peace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon you and your team. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Shazad Sahib. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Could you tell us about yourself and the work you do and how you actually came to know about Neighborhood Watch? Right. My name is uh, Ghulam Rasul Shazad. Mm -hmm. I've uh, lived in uh, Rochdale for the last 45 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to work as a training officer for the Borough of Rochdale. And I retired in 2007. But my passion is for working with the community, mm-hmm. and I, in that sense, I'm a community activist. I'm a radio presenter, local radio, Very good. Uh, and I'm also the chairman of the India Forum. Mm-hmm. I'm the secretary of the uh, Rochdale Environmental Action Group, so we, we are part of this, improving the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I joined the, uh, at that time, it was Home Watch. It's a long time. So in 1989, I joined the uh, Home Board and then uh, became a member, the local coordinator. And then I, uh, of course, I mean, some some years, then I became the chair. Mm-hmm. I chaired this group for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, uh, because there were changes, uh, the... Uh, uh, the local community wanted to have the control or manage the scheme itself, but the uh, homeboy scheme was managed by the police, so that was a major change. Mm-hmm. And then it became uh, the uh, neighborhood board. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I think about six or seven years ago, I was approached by uh, some of the coordinators who knew me, and uh, then we joined this one. We are uh, uh, not for the Greater Manchester. We are part of the national uh, uh, neighborhood watch. Okay. And our uh, main office is in London. So basically, we have our own areas 
the Greater Manchester. I am the coordinator of the Borough of Hostel, and my job is to um, uh, establish scheme and work with the uh, with the businesses, with the community, with the mosques and with churches. So we create that environment where people feel safe. So we work very closely with the with the police. We develop many projects. We have uh, football teams. We have cricket teams. Uh, we develop projects uh, for the protection of uh, uh, our elderly, for women, and for our youngsters. So, uh, I mean, there is a lot of uh, projects we, we do. Sometimes we organize events where the police uh, is involved. And, uh, 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 for example, like Mela, so we invite the police and we, we organize Mela. Mm-hmm. or events in the community. And also, uh, during the month of fasting, yep. we have uh, iftar. Yep. I hope and there's no mela during the... the police uh, to the mosque. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we uh, in Rochdale, we are very, very active, mm-hmm. working with the, with the police, with the politicians, with the organizations, and we work as a team, yeah. That's very, very uh, interesting to hear. And you see, Manchester is, is actually known to be the most culturally diverse uh, you know, city in the world. Um, how does the Neighbourhood Watch actually work to build, you know, com- you, of course you've explained this, but if you can you know, mention a little more, how does it help you know, to, to, you know, to, to build community spirit and cohesion in the most you know, culturally diverse city? As you can see, my involvement, uh, I mean... Uh, we have, uh, I mentioned in my introduction, is, uh, you mentioned, uh, Rochdale is uh, ten, uh, uh, one of the 10 local authorities within Greater Manchester. I mean, in Lemnus, there are 33. But we, are, we in Greater Manchester, there are 10 local authorities. Yep. And we, we are one of the local authorities. And mm-hmm. I'm, the, uh, I'm the coordinator for the borough of Rochdale. We yep. have four townships. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my role is to go to all wherever there is need. For example, I work with the police. Police knows me, and they they'll contact me if there is a, any area where there is no team. Uh, it doesn't matter which area uh, it is required. Maybe um, English area, maybe uh, Pakistani or Bengalis or whichever area or mixed Asian community. Yep. So I'll go, I'll set up uh, this uh, organization, I'll explain to them, provide support to them, and then, of course, make them uh, with us. And then, annually, we organize uh, a conference of all the coordinators in the borough, Mm -hmm. uh, in all these 10 local authorities, and then we share their knowledge and expertise. Sometimes when they organize, like... uh, Recently, I attended one in Austin, which is uh, one of the local authorities. So we, we visit them, uh, myself and the chair, we went there. Mm-hmm. So we, we develop a, a relationship, a community cohesion. Uh, if I am standing and I'm speaking on behalf of the organization, working with the police, then uh, it, it encourages other members of the community to come forward. And because sometimes you you may know there are cultural issues, the language, 
uh, uh, the language problem. Sometimes there are issues. Uh, I'm multilingual, so I'll speak to them. And if I know somebody, for example, if somebody is from a um, asylum seeker or from uh, other countries, then I'll find the people from uh, uh, the local area who can communicate with them. For example, people who speak Spanish. I'll find somebody, because I know most of the people around, the groups around, so we will communicate and then we will engage. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, we organize uh, events. For example, uh, when the summer will come, we will organize a get-together, social get-together in the area where all members of the community, uh, irrespective of their color and creed, they will all come and they will uh, join us. So we create this uh, uh, sense of belonging and uh, being a good neighbor and working with all all neighbors, who, whoever they may be. So there are other projects. I mean, for example, there are old old people uh, area. We develop this no cold calling uh, projects. Mm-hmm. You know, so nobody can go and nobody can. We work with the uh, senior citizens. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we have their opinion. Okay, thank uh, you so much. What we should be doing, yeah. Next, thank you. And do you think, uh, lastly, diversity in 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 Greater Manchester has helped reduce racism, it, discrimination, social and economic inequalities faced by diverse communities? It is indeed. It has The reason is now, if you look in Rochdale uh, uh, Council, I think we have about the mayor. Is an Asian. The mm-hmm. previous May was an Asian, and the previous one, they were all Asians. And all there are so many councillors who work in the community. I mean, people from Bengali community, people from India, mm-hmm. people from this and so. So we, as I said, we work together with it. So this is a, uh, and because they are in that position, where they can encourage. And I've been member of the. Uh, I was the advisor to the mosque. And I work with my, you know, the Rochdale Environmental Action Group I mentioned. Our chair is a is a uh, is a member of the board of a church, and she actually mm. invited me to become a member of the board of a church. And nowadays, I'm a member of the board of the church, and then we work together, you know, bring, bringing all the communities together. And, uh, so, in that sense, I think. Uh, uh, previously, when, uh, like, if you look at the history of the United Kingdom, uh, especially in Rochdale and in London, when people uh, came here for the first time, there were uh, language problems, there were so many problems. But now, because we have been in this country for the last more than 50 years, uh, our children are born, they go to the same school, we have our teachers, we have our police uh, officers, working for us. Nazir Afzal, he was the Crown Prosecution Services, a very high position. In Rochdale, we had the chief uh, uh, inspector who was from, there are many police officers who are from the local community. And this is the case in Barry, in Oldham, in other towns, and in, uh, particularly in Manchester, where the member of parliament and who is the shadow minister and he was uh, the member of the European Parliament, is Abdul Khan. He is, uh, and uh, we have a councillor. So councillors 
plus uh, the police, plus the community, we work together, you know, in one sense. So this has, because of the understanding, working together, setting up these organizations, listening to the people, we are now in a position to reduce crime in our area. Very interesting. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking to you, Ghulam Rasul Shazad. Thank you so much. And good luck with your future endeavors and all the great work that you're doing. Thank you. Take care. Assalamu alaikum. We don't have much uh, long to go. Uh, We have 15 minutes. So if you do want to call us in, uh, the number is 0208-687-7878. You can tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. Yeah, and um, I think the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, uh, makes a great point here where he says, um, O people, your Lord is one, you are the progeny of the same Father uh, who was created from dust, hence it is not permissible for you to make any discrimination between high and low, neither an Arab has superiority over a non-Arab, nor a non-Arab over an Arab. A white person is not superior to a black person, um, and mm. nor a black is superior to a white. Uh, the most honourable among you is in the sight of God is the one who is the most righteous. And I think that that's just a reminder that um, this is one of the the great teachings of uh, of religion in Islam. Is is you know, mm-hmm. um, it's there's a, that higher purpose. There's that um, humbling of that God is the one who um, comes above all else and, and there's yeah. no need to differentiate between yourselves. We're all equal in the yeah. eyes of God and I think that that's one thing that you should really remember. Yeah, I think arrogance is one of the most, um, you know, uh, dis- despised you know, sins in Islam as well. You know, thinking better of yourself than others mm. and, and this is something that is very much disliked. Um, but benefits of actually living in a multicultural community, uh, you know, some of the benefits that we can, we, we know are, you know, it enriches our experience. Cultural diversity brings opportunities, you know, for everyone to experience new things within a community. Now, you know, people travel to different countries in order to, you know, taste their food and culture and all of these things. But we're living in a world where, you know, you can have an inner city in different parts where you can go and experience different cuisines, different cultures. Um, and so, you know, as communities become more diverse, they benefit from new cultural celebrations and more diverse cultural, as I said, foods, uh, arts and music. Uh, promotes, you know, good community relations, uh, you know, accept, acceptance and open-mindedness are the core values that make a country thrive. You know, op- opening your mind to neighbours who have different cultures and viewpoints encourages respect and fresh perspectives. There's also cultural diversity to be openly embraced in society while contributing to good, uh, you know, contributing to good uh, relations within a community. Um, speaking of that, His Holiness, uh, you know, Hazrat Mirza Masood Ahmed, the current worldwide head of the Muslim community, said, "Islam proclaims that all people are born equal, no matter where they hail from or the color of their skin." Such extremist views can only fuel resentment and despair among the people of other races and ethnicities. In, com- in complete contrast, Islam proclaims that all people are born equal, no matter where they hail from or the color of their skin. If we truly want peace in our time, then we must act with justice. We must value equality and fairness. As a prophet of Islam, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, so beautifully stated, we must 
love for others what we love for ourselves. We must pursue the rights of others with the same zeal and determination that we pursue our own rights. These are the means for peace in our age. Thus, he says, the Holy Quran has taught us how to build a peaceful multicultural society where people of all faiths and beliefs are able to live side by side. The, the key ingredients, he says, are mutual respect and tolerance. Islam denounces all forms of distinction based on creed, caste or color and states that all people, no matter where they hail from, are born equal. Now, this is something you know that empowers young minds and uh, you know in many multicultural communities school develop you know cross-cultural curriculums which broaden every student's understanding of world and their neighbors you know being surrounded by people with varying uh, cultural identities and different backgrounds encourages appreciation of differences now one of the things i do want to mention is 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 the religion of islam uh, you know this faith is not a cultural faith you know, the yeah. Prophet was sent for the whole of mankind. And and and, and God, Allah the Almighty, had in mind, he, you know, he knew that he, this message, you know, it has to be in a way that it is acceptable by every culture, you know, yeah. every ba- background. That's why it's very, very simple. You know, if you, it, if you, if you, there's a man who, who comes to the Prophet, peace be upon him, right? Um, he's, he, he's a Bedouin, right? He comes, he goes, you know, I've been told you're a messenger of God. And and so what is Islam? Mm. The Prophet explains to him, you know, is to believe in Allah and you know, um, to worship five times a day and you know, all all of these you know things that he said fasting. He, mm. he goes, if I do that, would I enter heaven? And the Prophet peace be upon him said, yes. Mm. He just turned and left. He said, and the Prophet peace be upon him said, if he does that, he will certainly enter heaven, mm. right? So there's no overcomplication of you know. Uh, things it's it's a very very simple faith mm. right which we, the basis of which is you know rights of god right there's you don't associate anyone there's no equal to god and that the that is the very reason why you would and you're saying one of the essence of that is th- you know being humble mm. that there's only you know, only thing worthy of worship what is worship really ponder over that mm. look at music concerts how the fans you know, are, are chanting and, you know, yeah. you know, uh, all, all of these things. You see worship in the element as well. So everybody's worshipping something. Yeah. You know, you've got to be honest. But from an Islamic perspective, there's no worthier worship except God. Mm. Meaning total obedience, you know, of yours is, is, is to God, right? And then there are certain commandments which, which are, you know, to do with, pr- which goes in line with prayer, fasting, yeah. which helps you as, 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 as a human being to really ponder what's going on in society. And it's not just staying hungry, right? We know it's coming up the month of Ramadan. Yeah. It's very, very close, actually. It's, there's a lot yeah, more to close. it, you know, giving charity and all this, and actually feeling the pain of others. Mm. You know, every, everything, it's, it, it's, its relation is to do with your own personal experience as well as, you know, helping others externally. Definitely, and um, you know, it's just uh, it's it's that understanding um, of that that can really benefit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I liked how you mentioned uh, earlier about how you know there's actual real positive impacts of of uh, living in a multicultural society. Mm-hmm. You know, it empowers those young minds, and you know, it showcases. And the thing is, diversity. It's not just about having people from different uh, backgrounds. It's about uh, different experiences. It's about different thought processes. It's having that to challenge your own beliefs. Because if you constantly just stick within one, like 
mm-hmm. uh, area, you <clears> build an echo chamber, which you just reinforce your own opinion. You know, like um, His Holiness recently mentioned, you said that um, about uh, that children should question, right? It's not just children. We should constantly mm-hmm. be questioning. And, you know, that's why we have... <coughs> places like the voice of islam where you know if you are thinking about yeah. any questions to to islam you know even if it's not too relevant to the show in at hand yeah. feel free to contact us get involved because you, the more you question the more you understand and diversity is a massive part of that because you won't even think to maybe even ask right yeah. you may not think um to even think about oh okay um why would I ask that question? Because I haven't experienced anything like it before. Yeah. So that's the importance, and and one of that's the, the thing. I think I, 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 I think, and I and I and I always say this. I think it's with with any culture, it's not just blindly following it, uh, and you know taking uh, you know whatever you come across it. And that's mm. that's the this is a line with which Islam draws that 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 God comes first. And 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 commandments Sharia sh- 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 law, right? Sharia law, hmm. <laughs> as people say, Sharia law, meaning you know, a, you know, a path of uh, you know, living, a way of life, actually comes from God. You know, what morality is, it comes from God, hmm. and, and 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 He has assigned us what what is right and wrong. So in those prescribed, you know, uh, do's and don'ts, you can do what you can experience various cultures. You can you can hmm. you know have have their different ex- experiences, but that does not mean. That, for instance, if someone says, "Oh, you know, I, I believe in Islam, but the you know the other other cultures where people drink, right? Mm. Uh, for me to integrate, I would have to drink. No, that no. that's that's not the case. You don't necessarily have to drink because you, then then you're compromising your your faith, your religion. Yeah. So there's also an element of individuality and yeah. and, and and your right to choose and se- select, right? It is not just to blindly you know jump into things. And I think yeah. that element also needs to be pointed out. But one thing I do want to men- mention, and I always give this example, is as, as, I, as I was mentioning earlier, that you can take the good and, and, and leave the bad. In every yeah. culture, there, there, there has to be good and bad. Mm. For instance, one of the things that we see in 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 the, in, in the country that we live in, especially in the West, is is how how the elders are not really taken care of, yeah. right? And they're left to the state instead of the children taking care of their parents yeah. as the parents took care of them when they were young. Now, we have pointed out in various you know, in numerous of our programs, that of course there are, you know, there are lim- lim- limitations. There are exceptions where someone needs to be in a care home b- due to their medical condition. That's something else. I'm talking from a general perspective, where you know, simply that you know the children de- decide they can't because they they can't keep the person in the household. Mm. That is very different to the culture in the east, mm. where we come from, right? Where where that is very much part and partial of our culture to take care of the parents. And it's, it's in a way expected as well by the parents yep. because they've done the same with their par- parents, yep. right? And and there's a great reward for that. In, in the you know, Quran puts puts a lot of emphasis on that. So imagine that cycle. If this cycle was, and, and you knew that you know, this this individual and you know, the respect that you should have for him and, 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 and how he took care of you when you were young, hmm. right? It's time to actually pay back. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so I think these are the elements. But then, on the other hand, for for speaking of, th- you know, that that's the comparison I made. On the other hand, in our culture, there's a lot of nosiness, right? And mm. there's different things. For example, and so there's always good and bad to things, right? You're li- you're li- you're li- you're living in a country, where, a culture where you're constantly t- together. Uh, you know, a lot of different families are li- living in one household. Then there are issues there as well. 
right? Hmm. Whereas in the in in Islam doesn't say that. Where, where a lot of emphasis is if the person who's 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 getting married, hmm. you know, um, can get a house, can separate, should separate. Yeah. That that that's preferred. That that's why His Holiness has been advising, yeah. right? Because that gives you freedom to experience. Hmm. You make mistakes, but you learn, yeah, right? And and there's no constant bickering, as hmm. you would say, in 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 the household and our arguments. And the less you meet, there's more respect as well. Yeah. So you see, so there's all of these li- little things that you can pick up from various cultures, yeah. and you can implement them, in, you know, in your lives. And where does that come from? Diversity, exactly. Right? And uh, you know, because a broad mix of ideas, talents, and perspectives <coughs> and skills like make uh, make space for out of the box thinking, and that's that's where it's like this diversity in neighborhoods is is important because mm-hmm. you know without like you said you know you can learn about yourself yes there's that element of yes i have my beliefs and no matter which situation i'm in i'm going to uphold those beliefs but there's also <coughs> different perspectives that you can learn that you can adopt and you know benefit from as well mm-hmm. right and um you know just wanted to add a few more um advantages of of, of multicultural communities yep. um you know there's many compelling advantages that can make them attractive for for home buyers you know if you're thinking of relocating there are uh, plenty of good reasons to consider purchasing a home in a rich diverse community whatever your color uh, culture or background it can boost their local economy what what makes in a place attractive to the local economy reasons can vary but uniqueness is a big driving factor mm-hmm. ethnic grocery grocery stores restaurants festivals and clothing stores add color and add flavor to uh, individual communities attracting tourists and new residents uh, communities can g- gain reputations for being festive fun and welcoming when diversity is visibly accepted and celebrated <coughs> this adds to the uniqueness and vibrance of the community while bringing in more dollars as visitors spend at local businesses uh, a recent study from moody's analytics uh, backs up this assertion by showing that racial integration has been shown to spur stronger and faster economic growth as well as stronger growth in home prices other research suggests that integrated communities give more people better com- connections to schools, jobs, and civic resources, which less integrated communities um, experience diminished uh, economic ec- opportunities. So it's just win-win-win, really. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know we've spoken so much on Islamic, uh, you know, Islam, Islam's teaching on diversity. You know, from the chapter fourteen, Surah Hujurat, verse fifteen, where you know I I mentioned earlier that the purpose of this diversity. You know, is 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 to know one another, right? To 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 experience different cultures, right? Um, and 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 the most honourable is the most righteous, right? Uh, but there are other, you know, practical examples where an Abyssinian slave by the name of Bilal, may Allah be pleased with him, was chosen by the Holy Prophet to deliver the call of prayer mm-hmm. in his own mosque. This was a high honour, right? Which could not be imagined before, you know, the Holy mm-hmm. Prophet's uh, pronouncements. And there are many other, you know, examples which illustrate tolerance and racial inequality in Islamic history, you know. And, and and this is kind of history that, that 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 could be repeated today. Once a Christian delegation was allowed to hold their worship and service in the Holy Prophet's mosque, and one of the examples worth noting actually comes from Spain, where you know, where after arriving on the soil of of Spain, the Muslim published an edict assuring full liberty to all subjects of all races and backgrounds. All were placed on an equal footing. It is recorded in history that the Jews, for example, profited most from the Muslim rule and admiration uh, and administration. Many centuries later, when Spain was reconquered by Ferdinand. 
um, uh, innumerable Jews prefer to go to Islamic lands rather than you know stay in Christian Spain. Now these shining examples of racial harmony, you know, as as we speak, draw their philosophical underpinning uh, underpinning from the from 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 the Holy Quran, mm. where, where where mankind is you know referred to as one community and as, as as a single nation actually and 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 the reference to you know mankind as one community or nation and uh, you know identical words have been used at least seven times you know in the scripture mm. signifying the fundamental and unifying character of you know of all human beings so i mean this is you know <clears throat> part and partial of islam and the holy quran <clears throat> however not only takes note of diversity right mm. um, you know uh, that diversity in the universe it. it actually encourages it and also stresses the useful purpose of diversity in races color languages cultures wealth and and it says if god wanted he would have you know he would have made all of you of one faith yeah he wants you to you know discuss and 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 and, and not uh, you know and and debate on matters to reach because this then that would show that you have a choice yeah right it, that your decisions would be based on choice yeah and 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 that you weren't forced like Rafidin, there's no compulsion of religion. So many things that you can mention. Yeah. That fundamentally speaking, uh, you know, Islam is a religion of choice and diversity. Pilgrimage as well, right? Yes. You, you all wear the same clothing because there is no discrimination at all. Mm-hmm. And one of the purposes is of, of 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 various communities coming together. So we are, you know, coming to the end of the program uh, where we are discussing diversity. We spoke to do to guests. Um, I mean, God has created all the diversity that we see and we should contemplate and actually appreciate our differences as opposed to creating barriers and hurdles. And we should know and, you know, learn and appreciate the uniqueness of each other and always remember the verse that we have created you from a male and a female and we have made you into tribes and sub-tribes so that you may know one another. And verily, the most honorable, the most honorable among you in the sight of Allah is he who is most righteous among you. Surely Allah is all-knowing and all-aware. With this... Uh, we want to thank we, our producers, of course, uh, Coffee Zafar, Farhana Khan, and Nur Sabah, and uh, the tech team, and everyone else at Voice of Islam. Thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.